0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 401 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, October 22nd. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Sean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke. Uh, we got Locked On Fantasy Football as well. We've got Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. We've got a million shows for you to check out. And uh, some big news for the network as well. This past week, we've added Sam Amick of The Athletic and Ben Gulliver of SI as weekly contributors on the Locked On NBA show. That show, of course, is daily. It runs Monday through, Monday through Friday. David's show is on Thursday. And then a bunch of other hosts from across the network host... The other days of the week, of course, our guest last week, John Corrales, hosts the Wednesday show with uh, Jake Madison. And so make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA show for a daily look at the league. A bunch of different varying perspectives as well. They kind of do different styles of shows, some more big pictures, some recapping the night before. It's a, it's a really great re- resource for a lot of NBA knowledge to just go right into your brain uh you can also find all of the shows that you like on the network on itunes stitcher spotify all the places you get your podcasts it's extremely helpful and it really helps uh you know boost the algorithms and the rankings and all that stuff lockdown raptors has been hanging out in the top part of the rankings quite a bit lately and that's all because of you and I, I appreciate it so much and if you're a new listener thank you for being on board and if you haven't gotten the chance to leave a rating or a review that is always the best way to show your support for the show it's a free show it's all i ask it's five seconds of your day and it very very much helps so thank you in advance for taking the amount of the small amount of time it requires to do that all right on today's show uh we're talking about the raptors beating the wizards on saturday i was thinking about doing just like an art podcast where i just laugh for 25 minutes at how pathetic the wizards are because man the wizards make me laugh they're they're, they're just this hilarious team that thinks there's so much more than they are. Bradley Beal really loves hitting shots to put the Wizards down by 5 points. He's very happy whenever he does that. It's uh it is really fun. The Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back on Saturday night in Washington after beating the Celtics on Friday. They go into Washington. No Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard rests. We'll talk about that on today's show as well. We'll talk about uh, a bunch of stuff from this game. But they go into Washington, they win 117-113 with no Kawhi, they win a second out of the back-to-back, Kyle Lowry goes crazy, and uh, very fun game all around. As you know, It kind of got away from them late, I think fatigue really set in, it, uh, it got a little hairy at the end there, but the Raptors pulled it out with some uh, clutch play late in the game, and we'll get to all of that on today's show, we're going to talk about Serge Ibaka and his great start to the season, we'll talk about Kawhi resting, um, but first, I guess let's just get into... Some, you know, box score notes from from the game. Let's go Kyle Lowry first. He played 35 minutes. A little alarming that his minutes have been kind of high so far this year. I think that might just be a function of DeLon Wright but, uh, and then not being in the lineup. But, you know, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. As Nick Nurse sort of tries to manage the rotation... I can see how there would be times where where Kyle's minutes kind of rack up. And I think Nick Nurse has done a pretty good job of trying to give him long stretches on the bench. Uh, There was a time on Friday against Boston, like, Kyle sat for a good long six or seven or eight-minute stretch because he came out... Near the end of the third, with a few minutes left to go, and it didn't didn't come back in until like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. So he's getting good long runs of you know rest. He's not playing entire quarters or anything like that. But that is something to keep an eye on. He's at thirty five minutes, thirty six and thirty seven, I believe, through three games. So not too terribly concerning because it's so early, and like I said, because the out, and because Kawhi was out in the game against the Wizards, obviously. But it's something to keep an eye on for sure. But it doesn't seem to matter because he's playing his ass off and he's playing extremely well. He's shooting like crazy. Uh, He started off Saturday's game unbelievably hot he kind of cooled off by the end of the game but was doing so much else in terms of his playmaking that didn't really matter and he still finished with 28 points on 10 of 21 shooting four of nine from three uh it feels like a lot of those were his first few attempts because my god he was just so on fire to begin the game he also had 12 assists a steal a block and he, he took two charges i believe or it might have been two charges on friday against the celtics who knows Kyle takes a lot of charges, it's hard to keep track, but he was fantastic, and the thing I'm noticing with both him and Fred VanVleet this season is that they both seem to have more burst, and are more able to kind of get to the rim and beat their guys off the bounce, and this was a thing we kind of talked about with Kyle last year, in that, you know, this was always gonna be something that eventually came for him. He's in his 30s, he's a smaller point guard, eventually he's gonna be able, he's not gonna be able to take guys off the bounce the way he used to, but so far this year he looks so much faster and more at quick twitch on that first step, And, you know, for example, there was a play against the Wizards, I believe in the fourth quarter, where he had Markeith Morris switched on to him. And if you remember the playoffs last year, there were a few times where Kyle got Morris switched on to him, and he just couldn't do anything with it. He couldn't, you know, find a way to get around him. He couldn't, you know, create any space for himself to get a pull up shot off. And instead, uh, on Saturday, he just blew straight by Morris. I believe he got a finish at the rim. He might have got an and one. Seemed like he had a bunch of those late in the game. This was a foully ass game, by the way. Oh, my God, the refs were just calling everything. And, you know, for the, the Raptors had more fouls in the game, but I think they got a pretty generous whistle. The Wizards kind of got out of hand with their complaining, but I think it was justified at times. It was kind of a physical game, and if the refs were going to call everything, there's a few things that they probably should have called late in the game that they didn't bother. So um, that's besides the point, though. Kyle was amazing. Got to the basket pretty much whenever he wanted late in the game. Really bailed out the offense as it kind of struggled. And uh, what is there to say? Kyle Lowry's amazing. And I really do think if he's playing at this level, then the question's about... You know, how do the Raptors stack up with the best teams in the East, and is Kawhi enough? Like, it doesn't have to just be Kawhi. Kyle Lowry's good enough where he can be the second or third best player in a series for seven games. And assuming he stays healthy, assuming the minutes total comes down eventually, I I just really like what I'm seeing from him so far. He's taking command of the offense in a way he didn't last season. I mean to see him hitting clutch shots, think about what happened last year, where it was a lot of Demar and Fred really kind of dictating the offense, Kyle hanging out as a decoy off the ball, and that was by design, I think, to kind of try to keep Lowry fresh, but it did come at the expense of more effective late-game offense, and I do think we're seeing now, Nick Nurse knows exactly how good Kyle Lowry is, and I think they want the ball in his hands more often, even when Kawhi's healthy and in the game, I think it's nice to see Kyle being able to dictate, and those two can have a nice, you know, back-and-forth and sort of balance it out to keep defenses guessing, as opposed to it just all being one guy like it was last year for the most part with Damar and at times Fred mixing in. Um, so yeah, I just think the way Kyle's been used so far is really nice and it's making the most of his talents because man, he's really, really good as a playmaker on the ball. He just finds everybody. Even when he gets into the teeth of the defense, if he doesn't have a shot available to him, he'll kick it out to a corner and find OG Ananobi, for example. It's uh, it's really good. So Kyle's is playing his ass off right now and it's extremely, extremely exciting. Before we move on, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better... Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off an order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off an order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. It is the best I can remember Toronto sports being in terms of level of teams that are playing the Leafs are really good the Raptors are off to an incredible start they have some big home games coming up this week if you want to check out a game whether it's the Raptors or Leafs it's going to cost you because they're very good and Toronto's an expensive as hell city but Vivid Seats is trying to help you out by giving you $20 off an order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats with the promo code locked on make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event
0: the
1: All right, let's just hit on a couple more box score notes before we get to some uh, bigger picture stuff. Uh, OG Ananobi. I want to talk about OG. He was awesome. 29 minutes, 5 of 10 shooting, 2 of 4 from deep, 12 points, 4 boards. Uh, he is looking a lot more confident and spry. I know I kind of mentioned this on Saturday's podcast with Vivek, but it's it totally holds up. Is OG just looks faster. He looks more explosive. He looks more bursty and that totally makes sense considering he was coming off a really bad knee injury in which he didn't have a summer to work on his game at all. And it just he is kind of like he played 29 minutes. That might be higher than anything he played last year or close to it. Like he was was out there and just kind of was always a steadying force for the Raptors. He ended up being a minus one in this game, which is bizarre, but he, I thought, was really effective when he was on the court, and the confidence with which he's, you know, he only had one assist, but the confidence with which he's taking shots, I mean, the pull-up threes aren't falling yet, but it's cool that he's taking them. I'm glad he's showing that sort of uh, initiative to take those shots, and when he drives, there's just there seems to be more of a plan there, and he's just The burst he has, the first step he has to the basket is way more explosive than it ever was last season. So very exciting stuff for OG. Um, And Norm Powell, too. 24 minutes. He was a plus 20 in this game somehow. Uh, 3 of 5 shooting. He was 1 of 2 from deep. 7 points, 5 boards. He started in place of Kawhi. I liked the decision, I think. I think it's really important to try to get Norm going. And if it comes at the expense of some bad quarters here and there, I, I think it's okay early in the season because the dude makes $10 million. There's a lot invested in this guy. And I'm very okay with the idea of trying to get him going, even if it comes at the expense of, you know, maybe having your best lineups on the court. And he wasn't bad by any means with the starters. The starters were fine to start the game. They weren't, like, amazing or anything, but they weren't bad by any means. And it was a pretty good start to the game. I think the Wizards made a bit of a run near the fourth quarter, near the end of the, sorry, the first quarter when the bench unit was out there. But Norm, I thought, looked pretty good and within his role and not trying to do too much. So that's good at least, and, and I, hopefully he can kind of continue that. I'm not sure how much of an opportunity he's going to get, but uh, it could come at some point, I guess, down the road if Kawhi's going to take more time to to rest on back-to-backs. The next back-to-back the Raptors have, I believe, is the 29th and 30th of October. So next week they play Milwaukee in Milwaukee on the 29th and at Philly on Tuesday. Two good games, two big games that... Maybe the Raptors are going to want to try to win both of those, so maybe they won't rest Kawhi, but keep an eye there if they're going to rest Kawhi. That'll be probably one of those two. I would guess maybe the Milwaukee game, but that's hard to really predict at this point. And that's the nice thing about having depth. I mean, Norm is not... A ideal option most nights, but the way that they can rest Kawhi and if you think about some of Norm's best times as a player in the NBA, it's you know come as a starter in place of either you know a, a misplaced starter in, in the playoffs or filling in for Damari Carroll when Damari Carroll used to rest on, on the second night of back-to-backs. I mean, Powell, I think, averaged like 15 points a game and shot 40-something percent in those games. So, I... It's a weird thing to juggle because there are so many minutes to consider. C.J. Miles' minutes have been cut as well. He only played 13 minutes, even though he had 10 points on Saturday as well, and it looked pretty good. But um, like, there's going to be a minutes crunch here. So any way that they can kind of work guys in and get Norm 24 minutes here, you know, 20 minutes here, or 20 minutes there when, when Kawhi is out, I think is going to be a good thing. So uh, he wasn't like part of their best lineups or anything. I, I, I don't think he closed, and I think that's probably the right decision. But, um, you know, it was nice to see him get some run and not totally duff the opportunity. He was pretty good and was a plus 20, so good on Norm for that. Also the center situation, Jonas Valančiūnas started this one because Jan Mahimi started for the Wizards, Serge Ibaka came off the bench. He played 27 minutes and to Jonas' 19 though, which uh, you know the, the continues a trend of Ibaka playing a lot more than Jonas and it's kind of been surprising because I fully expected just the way Nick Nurse talks about Jonas that We were going to see a lot of Jonas this season. I predicted a big minutes hike up from 22 minutes last year. I thought it was going to be 26-27 because I thought Serge was kind of past it a little bit. And I thought Jonas was really going to come into his own and be totally... Able to play with the you know wing strong defense that the Raptors have, I thought he was going to be able to be out there more often. That hasn't been the case so far this year. Although Jonas was very effective against the Wizards, 16 points, seven boards, he had one assist, five of eight shooting, um, and you know I liked the the minutes he turned in. But Abaka has continued to be really really impressive and. It's kind of crazy and maddening a little bit because it seems like the only real difference between him this season and last year is that he's giving a shit. (laughs) And that's, like, annoying, I guess, if you're someone who really, you know, values the idea that someone's gonna bring it every single night. I get why people wouldn't, I get, you know, that Abaka, you know, not everyone is engaged the same way for each year, I totally understand that, it's relatable, it's fine with me, um, but whatever's happened, has just been extremely engaged this season so far, playing backup center, he has done a really good job filling in for the Jakob Pertl Absence because he's been offensive rebounding his ass off so far. He had three offensive boards on Saturday against the Wizards, all in crunch time, and they were like really important clutch boards to keep possessions going after things broke down and there weren't good shots or whatever it was. But he did a really good job of kind of. Stabilizing the the rebounding, which has been an issue, right? Like the, the Raptors have been have had a really hard time preventing teams from grabbing offensive boards. Uh, but the Raptors were the ones that threw the offensive glass at the Wizards in the last game. You know, the Wizards still had nine offensive boards, but the Raptors had 14 and were really crashing there and, and took advantage of. Um, I don't know the Wizards being lazy I don't know what it is but they did a really good job and I thought Ibaka was fantastic in this one he's doing a really good job he's not racking up crazy block totals but he's doing a really nice job as the deterrent as a backup center and again he's just kind of filled in for that bench unit pretty nicely when he's come off the bench I kind of like the look with Abaka coming off the bench more than Jonas. I've kind of covered this quite a bit, but I just think the way Abaka plays fits better with those bench guys, especially if Siakam's coming off the bench as well. If you can get that Siakam-Abaka pairing off the bench, I really dig that. I think that's a really nice kind of upgrade on what last year's bench unit was, and then I figure once you get DeLon right back, Maybe you just roll with Fred, Miles, Wright, Abaka Siakam as your full-time bench unit. If you're going to still do the hockey changes, we haven't seen uh, Nick Nurse really stagger guys yet. A lot of Kawhi and Kyle's minutes have come together. I think all but three, if I'm if I'm correct there. So they're not staggering very much. But if they're going to do that, if they're not going to do that, I think that's the way to go with the bench unit to keep si- uh, Ibaka and Siakam together. Siakam brings a nice little addition to the bench unit as well. It was his first game off the bench against the Wizards, and you can kind of see how. His and Bruce Arthur actually covered this in his very excellent piece about Siakam for the Toronto Star yesterday. Like. Siakam's ability to be dynamic and kind of control the offense, it kind of matters more with the bench because there's less of that, right? And when he's playing with Kyle and Kawhi, it just makes more sense for Kyle and Kawhi to have the ball because Siakam still isn't totally refined as a ball handler and playmaker. You know, it just doesn't make sense to have him taking away possessions and usage from Kyle and Kawhi when they can create stuff a lot more. Easily and within the flow of the offense as opposed to it sort of being a deviation at times when Siakam gets the ball and he's trying to create the offense himself. So he fits a lot better with that second unit because, you know, other than Fred, there's not a ton of... You know, especially without DeLon, there's not a ton of creation on that lineup, and we saw it last season as a big problem where they would get into the half court and it would get really sticky, and they only really had their great success when their defense led into, like bled into their offense, and they got a lot of fast break chances and stuff like that. And if you want fast break chances, old buddy Pascal Siakam is a guy for that too because he is down the court so damn quick that you can just throw a head head man pass to him and he's there. Um, but yeah, I, I liked what Siakam did off the bench and I think it made sense I, I liked the big man rotation in this game I think better than I have any game so far and it's going to change obviously Nick Nurse is not going to go with the same thing every night uh, against the Charlotte Hornets tonight I would assume they're going to probably start Jonas against Cody Zeller so we'll see the same sort of uh, rotation as we've seen before. And I, again, I think I like the Jonas starting thing more than Surge. I think there are certain matchups where it, really, where it really works and I like Serge a lot against Dal Horford. I think he did a fantastic job But I do think most of the time, Jonas is going to be the guy you want starting there just because of the way that the rotation works out. Especially, I mean, if Nick Nurse kind of deviates and starts staggering Kyle and Kawhi a little bit more and doesn't really go with the full bench unit, then that changes the calculus, obviously. But if he's going to do the hockey changes, if he's going to have five bench players on at once, the five bench players I want include the pair of Siakam and Ibaka, I think. So that is my official stance on that. Unfortunately, in that configuration, then you're seeing Powell... Could probably get squeezed out of there, which kind of sucks. But, I mean, that's kind of his lot in life this season. He's going to be a guy who fits in when there's an opening, and if there's not, he's probably going to be shut out. And I just hope Nick Nurse... I think the better way to use Powell is in these big chunks as opposed to what happened last season where... Dwayne Casey would throw him in for three minutes at the end of a half, and he wouldn't do anything, and then boom, he's out for the game. Like, that can't have helped his confidence or his flow or rhythm. If he's getting into games and knows when he plays he's going to play 20-something minutes, then I think that's the better way to go about using Powell. Um, but we'll see how that works. There, there are many, many rotation questions to figure out so far, to, to you know, before we get to any sort of conclusions about all this, because we're three games in, and Nick Nurse likes to juggle them lineups, and I think we're going to see that a whole lot more. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go against Charlotte tonight, because Charlotte is I guess traditionally kind of a smaller team but they're also kind of bigger because of who they start they start Walker they start Jeremy Lamb Nick Batum Marvin Williams like I, I would assume we'll see OG start at the four maybe see Acum to go against Marvin Williams I'm not quite sure I, I think OG can handle Marvin Williams just fine but um not entirely sure how that's all going to work out but it's interesting to think about and uh yeah the, 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 the Hornets, what a bummer-ass team, man. Like, they, they're 2-1. and one. They're good good on them. Kemba Walker's playing out of his goddamn mind. He's at 35 points a game. He's shooting... He's hitting six threes a game, which is also insane. I think he has 19 threes through three games. Um, So that's cool. Ko- Kemba Walker's great, but the rest of the team's not very scary, but... Um, We'll we'll see how that goes tonight, I suppose. Going to wrap things up in just a sec, talking about Kawhi's resting. But first, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now in this very space. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Your demographic on this podcast is 98% males with more education and earning than the more traditional media audiences. And if you have a company you want to advertise, have it sponsor this podcast. Email me at sean.woodley at gmail.com.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, we're back. Let's wrap this thing up and uh, talk about Kawhi Leonard resting. So Kawhi rested on Saturday. I don't know how much of the thing this is going to be. I think there were some alarm bells by people being like, oh, it's only two games in and he's resting. Does this mean he's not fully back? He didn't travel with the team on Saturday. I think it's probably fine, I think it's, you know, we'll see if he plays tonight, that's not confirmed or anything, but I can't imagine he won't, and it makes a lot of sense, he played 36-37 minutes in his first two games, really kind of carried the offense, a lot of high usage, and to have four games and six nights to start the season is not easy, especially when you have a Friday game at home and then you're on the road for the Saturday game, so... I don't. I don't disagree with the decision to rest Kawhi at all. I think it's smart. You want to have the long game in mind here, and I mean, assuming Kawhi was okay with it too, there was no like backlash or anything like that. Uncle Dennis wasn't getting mad about it, so um, I think it's probably like sort of a mutual decision, and it makes sense. Like Kawhi has been a little bit rusty. He's talked about sort of just getting back into game shape, so I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think there's anything to be alarmed about or anything like that. It, it just it's part of trying to negotiate an 82-game season, which is not an easy thing to do, and the Raptors have proven the last few years, knock on wood, but they have been a very healthy team. They've been able to keep guys together. Obviously, the Demari Carroll thing was a an issue, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what happened there between his foot and knee stuff, but... Other than that, the Raptors have been a very healthy team. Even Kyle Lowry's injuries have mostly just been like freak fluky things, and some of it has been sort of season-long breaking down, but that's not really been the case since maybe 2016. So the other stuff was like a weird thumb injury or whatever it was, wrist injury that he had with the All-Star game and and with the thing on his wrist while he was sitting on the bench there in the three-point contest. Like that was kind of a weird thing. Um, I don't think it was any sort of product of breaking down or, or wear and tear. It was just sort of a, oh, he woke up and his wrist was screwed up type of thing. And he was healthy last season, and the team overall, I mean, most, like, they don't miss a lot of man games to injury. And, you know, they've got OG Ananobi back up to speed after having an injury, and they've kind of kept guys healthy. So I I trust what they're doing with Kawhi. I'm sure Kawhi, you know, trusts it too. I would hope he trusts it too. Hopefully the Raptors medical staff is handling it a little bit more gracefully than the Spurs did or whatever happened last year but I, uh, I'm fully on board with the idea of keeping Kawhi fresh because this is an 82 games, you know run, and if they can win games without him, which they're going to be able to do, the East is bad. I think most of the time we won't really see if they're going to rest Kawhi. It won't really be against great teams that they're worried about. So it's the Wizards. Who gives a shit? It's the Wizards. You can beat the Wizards without Kawhi Leonard, and I think we'll see him kind of rest against bad teams in the future too. But like uh, like in the, like there's November 20th and 21st, for example. There's a back-to-back in Orlando in Atlanta. You're probably going to see him rest for one of those, and that's probably smart. You should probably rest Kyle for one of those too, because who cares? It's the Orlando Magic, and Atlanta Hawks. They're terrible. Um, there's also another one where on the 16th they're in Boston, the 17th they're in Chicago. I'm sure we'll see Kawhi rest one of those as well. It just makes sense. It's smart. It's he didn't play last year. He played nine games. Like you don't want to rush it, and you don't want to sort of overexert him too soon and potentially risk injury because he's you know we we know the science. We know the science on. At what point bodies become more prone to injury, and I'm sure the Raptors have all of the internal data on that and I think they're keeping it keeping tabs on it. So I'm not surprised that Kawhi rested, and I don't think it's any sort of level of concern. I think it's just part of the day-to-day, regular business of uh, you know, keeping a guy healthy who you're hoping to have around. Not just this year, but in the long term. Like if they can show Kawhi this season that they can properly take care of his body and maintain him and sort of be a a way in which he can You know, the body, like, it's so weird to talk about players' bodies like this, but NBA players' bodies, like, they are their moneymaker, right? And if the Raptors can prove that they can fine-tune Kawhi's moneymaker to a point where it's going to, you know, benefit him down the line, make him more money, like, I think that's probably a good way to begin the sell job on him. So uh, that's where I'm at there. I think that's about it for this podcast. I'm sorry if this has been kind of rambly and not very, uh, not full of very much direction. I'm just just talking. It's a Monday morning. Just talking. Uh, So I'm going to have another podcast probably tonight from the Raptors game. I'm going to cover the one against the Hornets, so probably record a podcast from the arena that'll be out for Tuesday morning, so you can check that out in the morning or at night, whatever you please. I'll have another few podcasts this week as well. Wednesday I'm doing a podcast, I think, with uh, Jake Madison. He is the host of Locked On... Pelicans, that's right, no. what, am I, what am I doing? Yeah, Locked on Pelicans, of course, because uh, I love the Pelicans, they're amazing, and I am going to talk to Jake about why the Pelicans should be my second favorite team this season, and why they should be yours too, and I'm going to sell him on the Raptors as his number two team, because the both teams are very fun, and there's not a lot of like crossover in terms of intentions, they're not going to play in the finals or anything like that, so I think it's a pretty interesting uh, concept for a podcast, so we're going to do that on Wednesday, I believe, I'm going to have a podcast later this week with Tim Fackless of The Athletic Men- Minnesota and a wolf among wolves to tee up the game on Wednesday against the wolves and then a Friday uh, Friday morning, Thursday night, something like that. I'm gonna be recording a podcast with Nick Angstat. He is the host of Locked On Mavs. So we'll tee up Luka Doncic's first game in Toronto on Friday. Lots of crossover episodes. People seem to love the crossover episodes, so I'll do more of them. They're a lot of fun, and they're a good way to kind of get to know the entire league and not have the monotony of just talking about the Raptors every single day. Because I'm sure you're sick of me repeating myself about Pascal Siakam and his ability to play with the Ben unit as a ball handler. I'm sorry if I repeat myself, but hey, it's a daily podcast. There's, there's not only so much stuff to get to, so we'll do some more crossover podcast to freshen things up. Also, the Patreon podcast, Primo's Pasta and Ross, my new premium show. Second episode is going to be out sometime today. It's going to be an episode with myself and Joe Wolfon from The Score. He's been on the show a million times. We are doing an episode about Mike James in 2005-06. A whole lot of research has got into this one. We're going to go probably like an hour and a half about Mike James, and I cannot freaking wait. It's going to be so much damn fun. So stay tuned for that sometime mid-afternoon on Monday. And... Uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, we will talk to you on uh, Tuesday, or Monday night, Tuesday morning, whenever I get the one up from the Hornets game, please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, it's the best way to support the show, as always, I very much appreciate anyone who's ever left a rating or review, It's uh, it really, really does help, so thank you in advance for doing that as well, if you have not yet to do it, and I'll be back again on Tuesday night, or Monday night, whatever the hell, I, I don't know, I'm losing track of days, anyway, talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors.